everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. I'm Stephanie and I'm here today with my friend and co-host Michelle. Hi Stephanie. And with our extraordinaire producer, Jimmy. Hi Steph. Hi Michelle. And Jimmy. <laughs> Hi everyone. We haven't seen each other for ages. <laughs> I know. It's quite a reunion. Um, so we're here today to talk about all things Christmas because it is about to be Christmas and so we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to talk about our favourite Christmas movies, our favourite Christmas books, our favourite ep- Christmas episodes of television shows and any other things related to tinsel and Christmas trees and flashing lights and brandy <laughs> and Christmas cake <laughs> and so forth. So guys... Um, Christmas films, I think we'll start with. What are some of your favourite Christmas movies? Oh. Silence. I know. There's too many. That's that's part of the problem. There's well, we have to say... Were the ones that you enjoyed, though? Because I think there's, well, a, there's, a, dif- there's, there's a, a difference yes. between the ones that you are forced to see because you have, say, for example, children who want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, name names. Which one are you thinking of? Oh, actually, I'm thinking about the strange horror... Christmas. Oh, the Nightmare Before Christmas? No. But with Jack o' Lantern guy? No? no, it was no. where they ended up condemned in a, in a in crystal bauble at the end. That's really disturbing. Oh, and, dearie me. Um, what was that one called? Oh, no, I've forgotten. But it was it was it was um, remarkable for just how gory. Oh. Uh, brutal it was we had we there, there were limbs being torn oh. off that sounds like a christmas movie you enjoy jimmy no no i'm not a horror fan well, well i wasn't either you it are was, well i was but back when i was younger and you know much more violent <laughs> as opposed to now <laughs> back in your violent youth <laughs> back in my violent youth when i was into that into those sort of things no i mean the only violent christmas one i can think of, oh hang on no there is a violent christmas one i can think of there's a horror movie um oh what was it no oh, oh yes it's black christmas that's not the one you're thinking of, No, is it? it's not. I'm actually Googling. I'm Are you Googling? Googling. <laughs> well, while, while Michelle's Googling, what about you? Some, some well, standout Christmas favourites or, or hates? Favourites or hates. Um, well, first of all, there's the one that for some reason I watch every single year without fail and I have no idea why and I should really stop watching it because I'm no longer five. Uh, it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The old oh, the old animation. Yes. I loved oh, that. That's, Every that's, year that's I watch that. Uh, and I think, you know... Where are you watching this? What on television. Watching? For some reason, it's always on television. It's always on television. And I always yeah. somehow manage to catch it. Uh, and I just watch it from beginning all the way through the There's end. a frosty one too that's yes. really cool. Yes, yeah. I love the frosty one as well. Um, so I watch a lot of that. And I, know, I guess I really like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love the whole story. So that stayed with me for quite a while. Um, but in the last... Five years or so, I've started this new tradition. Yeah, uh, I do an entire day's marathon of the Lord of the Rings movie, uh, but not just the Lord of the Rings movie, the extended edition of the Lord of the Rings. Oh movie. my I, god! I'm a true geek, uh, and it starts pretty much after breakfast and finishes around about midnight sometime because it takes that long just to watch all three extended edition in, in, in one big bulk in that way. Uh, but I really like that. I don't, mm. I don't know why, but uh, but I really do. Uh, so that would probably be my favourite thing to do around Christmas time. Just I can't believe we've got through like what four minutes of this this um, podcast without mentioning it's a wonderful life. Yes. Yeah, mm. Well, I'll let you guys go. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm not too sure about you that. You brought one. it up. You I, <laughs> look. I really love it's a wonderful life. I know it's sentimental. I know it's cheesy. <laughs> I know it's the obvious answer. But Jimmy Stewart is so endearing, he and is. the whole story is endearing, and it's the kind of heartwarming stuff that you like to watch at Christmas. I probably wouldn't 
necessarily want to watch it at any other time of year, <laughs> but um, it's the kind of thing that you have to watch at Christmas. Although I just read a book in which um, it was pointed out some of the shortcomings of the story, mm. um, but I still love It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Christmas tradition for a reason. I don't think I've watched that since I was seven years old, oh. um, so I have I have very um, I, I only have very faint memories of it. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to ring a bell, you know, because every time yeah. the bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Oh, yeah, Clarence right. is getting his wings somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I, I've actually just discovered the movie that I watched oh, what is um, it? with my children, thinking that it was going to be a Christmas movie, and it was definitely a Christmas movie. But who knew that they made horror Christmas movies? Because it was called Krampus, and there was a terrifying creature that came after everyone in oh, the village. Oh, Krampus, yeah, yes, yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a surprise. Um, my children were far too young for that. We did turn off, um, but, <laughs> but I, I, I will admit that it was a, it was a disturbing um, but memorable Christmas movie <laughs> where we were all left somewhat, um, you know, uh, especially because it had such a dark turn mm. at yeah. the end. But, well, not that sort of watching children being eaten alive isn't you know, sort of um, fairly disturbing to begin with. But no, gen- generally speaking, um, I do think with, I've watched, but I can't be 100% sure because I do tend to turn off um, during these experiences, but I do feel as though I've watched some Christmas movies with Will Ferrell in them. Elf. Oh, Elf. Is that what I've watched? Yeah. Because I can't I love swear Elf. to it. Oh, no. No, no, that's not. No. That's not oh, I love Elf. No, oh, no, no. no. I, I, no, I, I no. deliberately lobotomised myself <laughs> in order to get through it. Um, I'm sorry, Stephanie. But You're I'm Grinches. Just, I am a Grinch. Oh, we didn't mention that, how, how the Grinch stole Christmas. I'm not into oh, the Grinch, I, actually. No? no. Especially no. not the live action one. Known to Dr. Seuss? No, no I, really. I didn't like Dr. Seuss as a child. I, oh. I am one of those terrible no, children. Green eggs and ham? No, no I really oh. disliked green. I could not oh. understand oh. why our teacher was really inflicting that upon us. Well, well that would explain what, uh, that, that death look you gave me when I ordered green eggs and ham one day for, yeah. for, for breakfast. You did actually eat green eggs. I did. I, did. I, I thought, oh, my God, green eggs and ham, I'm going to order that. Mm. And then Michelle just looked at her you know, with repulsion on her face, kind yeah. of like, Look, what I was a hell? serious child and, and, a, and a joyless adult. <laughs> so no Christmas movies do it for you? Look, uh, well, no, I did like I did like Rudolph. Rudolph, there you go. I did. We have See? a commonality. Ru- How come yeah. you're all judging me for Elf, but yet you watch a <laughs> cartoon made for a five-year-old? Rudolph is a classic. Elf is a classic. Santa, I know him. <laughs> no, no. I just got I'm goosebumps. Having, yeah, look, at the, I, you're, I'm having flashbacks that I thought I'd yeah. excised. Yeah, look, I, so, you know, please. One film that actually surprised me because I, I wasn't expecting to like it uh, was the, the Family Stone. Do I haven't seen that. You haven't no. seen that. Um, Diane oh, Keaton. Yeah. Um, so called Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker yeah, and yeah, Rachel McAdams. Yes, yes. Uh, I really enjoy that film because uh, I think it went into a, a different place than I thought it was going to go. It starts off with a straightforward comedy, but then it sort of uh, takes a slightly darker edge. But uh, for me, the, the best scene in the film uh, was this dinner scene where Sarah Jessica Parker's character is the most hated character on the table. She can't say anything right. Everybody hates her. Nobody likes her. She's a fiancé of one of the sons. Uh, and she keeps saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she she makes a faux pas about one of the gay brothers uh, adopting a, a son and she just keeps 
uh, compounding it with yeah. everything she says just keep coming out wrong and it just sounds more and more insulting and, and it's just one of the most awkward dinner scenes but I loved it. That's <laughs> it very just, true to life of most it Christmases. Is. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was absolutely hysterical but yeah that was for me that was a really surprising film. I didn't think I would like it as much as I did but it, it is one that I every now and then think about especially when you have those awkward dinners where somebody says something inappropriate yeah. and you think family. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. Mm. I didn't mind that one. I think I have probably watched, I may have watched many, many more Christmas movies than I remember because it is a strategy of mine. Die Hard? Oh, my God. Does it count as a Christmas movie? Yes, it counts as a Christmas movie. No, 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 that's that's wrong. It's a Christmas movie. Love Actually? I Yeah, I feel really mixed about Love Actually. I I actually quite like it. Um, I like aspects of it. The, uh, I saw a deleted scene that I absolutely loved, and I wish they had a, that included this particular scene. Yeah, what's the deleted scene? scene? Spoiler um, warning. Well, I yeah. suppose it's not really. Well, it's not really a spoiler because it, it got um, cut. It's actually about the, the principal of the school that uh, Emma Thompson's son goes to. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a, a little short story um, that didn't really fit in anywhere else except uh, connected to that principal. And when the principal's storyline got cut, there was no point in keeping this story as well. Uh, but she goes home, so she's seemingly quite a stern principal, and then she goes home uh, uh, to her partner who is dying of cancer. But her partner has a wonderful, wicked sense of humour. Um, mm. It's a lesbian couple, uh, and may actually be the only gay storyline in there. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and it, mm. it got cut. Um, but uh, it's just this quite beautiful, sad, tragic, but funny mm. story at the same time. And it, it was quite um, nicely done because it, it showed this human relationship in about five minutes. I think it showed the, the whole breadth of this relationship. Oh, that's nice. And I thought it was really, really beautifully done, but it got axed. Um, some of the other stories I don't like as much. The, the whole porno thing was a bit strange, and that guy who went to the US uh, and got laid with a whole bunch of with different... January Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that storyline I hated. I wish I had gotten rid of that particular Well, the, the storyline that actually bothered me is the one, even though I love Hugh Grant, mm. um, I, I hated that story because they made so much of that actress... I can't remember her name. Matina or something. Yeah. yeah. They or made Pritchard. so much of her being fat. And mm. she's not at all even overweight. And yet the whole thing is all of these jokes about how fat she is. And mm. that really, I find that really offensive. Um, I also thought there was a bit of weirdness around women in that movie. Like the Portuguese mm. maid who is, you know, just mm. like this kind of dream girl for Colin Firth's character. Um yeah, it's just some of the stories really rubbed mm. me the wrong way. The the one that I like the most actually is Bill Nighy and um, his manager. <laughs> <laughs> that was an unusual story. I think yeah. it, it, it went to a, a place I wasn't expecting with that yeah. story as well. But maybe I'm a bit of a sad sack, but I, I love the Emma Thompson story. That that sort of broke my heart. Uh, the Emma why, Thompson would he, why, would, why would Alan Rickman cheat on Emma Thompson with that? Uh, but you know, I mean, I love Joni Mitchell as well. So, you know... When, <laughs> <laughs> to culminate with a, a Joni Mitchell song as a, tra- a tragic moment, I thought, went, oh, and there's this that is great it. scene with Mr. Bean doing the yes, wrapping, yes. which is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, my sister and I still quote it now every time we uh, talk about gift wrapping. I was like, you know, you know, what are you going to do now? Dip it in yogurt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are some moments in that film I have to say, and yeah. I do love the story about the, the little boy who his mother's. Although he doesn't seem to care that his mother's died, that's what struck me as weird. Yeah, but I that, do love the fact that he's, he's so like devoted to this this girl. It's quite cute. Well, the other story I also like is the uh, Laura Linney um, story. Again, another sad sack. But story. that made me so mad. Like, it why did. couldn't she have love plus be able to care for her brother? Uh, well, the problem is that I've 
I shouldn't say this, but I've known people who are actually like that, and so it, it really know, broke my heart um, I know, but to it see just, that. It's just struck me as unfair. It, it is know? unfair, and I think that's what I liked about the film. It didn't show just the positive aspect. That's it true. shows so many different facets of love, uh, which is why I think it's aptly titled Love, actually. <laughs> well, and it's a nice thing to kind of like... I reckon Christmas is all about kind of easy viewing. It you is. know, just throw on something that's nice and familiar and, mm. you know, it's going to make me laugh and all of that. My my favorite Daggy one actually is um, Mr. Louis Daggy and Childish. I love the Polar Express. Oh, I love the Polar Express. <laughs> oh, good. Someone else likes it. No, you didn't no, yell I... at me like with Elf. Uh, yeah. Well, you deserve to be yelled at. With no, Elf, no, with Elf, Elf is a classic. <laughs> anyway, Polar Express, defend it. Yeah. Um, well, for me again, that was surprising because I was uh, I was trying to figure out what the what his word was going to be. You know, because the entire thing, he starts off with the the first letter and the last letter of a word. Yeah. And every character got a different word um, that's meant to be their their word, their thing to, to aim for for Christmas. And he started with B and ended with E. And I thought, what kind of word is he going to get B? Yeah. And I had no imagination at all because I was sitting there going, B, B something. I was like, no, it can't be B because there's a huge space in between the B and the E. And I just couldn't figure it out. And so when the reveal of what the word was, I was coming, oh, that's really lovely. So... It's for really me, sweet. It is. What it was is a it really sweet me? story. Yeah. Mm. See, there you go. You're, you're much smarter with you than I am. <laughs> just in that Sorry, description I was just, alone. I was just running through the, the possibilities. It's um, a really sweet story. It is a really yeah. sweet story. And I think it's a very clever story too because it's about um, a child's inability to believe in Christmas yeah. anymore uh, and until he actually sees a miracle. Uh, and the miracle in this case is actually Santa. Um, so it's I love stories that try to instill that childhood innocence that power of imagination mm. back into children again because you know i had a huge imagination as a child so mm. i love that aspect and i think it's quite sad when children kind of lose that mm. imagine imaginative side of them so yeah no i, I love that movie for that and the animation reason. is so beautiful it's almost it's almost too realistic well, yeah tom hanks mm. is a little bit eerie in that one because yeah. he looks like tom, tom hanks. hanks i know it's a bit uncanny valley but it's so beautifully like when they go to the north pole and mm. there's all these you know dips and turns and, and that go through the landscape of the North Pole. It's so beautifully done. It makes me wish for, that we had a white Christmas, although I think in reality I would not enjoy a white Christmas. Well, we know Michelle definitely no, wouldn't. definitely no. not. Yeah. She'll, no. she'll be an icicle. She'll yeah. be a snowman. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, I forgot, I forgot to mention my, probably my favourite. I can't believe my brother would have me murdered. Home Alone. Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, yes, I have watched One or two times. or both. I have, I have absolutely, both. yeah, no, no, no. I have watched Are we all in agreement? Times. It's yeah, great. No, I've probably seen it a few too many times, if I'm honest, because... Well, I saw it at the cinemas, and mm-hmm. uh, and I remember uh, talking to my neighbour about it. He was younger than I was back then, and I kept and I was actually reenacting some of the funny scenes for him, because I liked it that much, <laughs> and I saw it so many times at the, at the cinemas that year, because I thought it was such a, a funny... Um, oh, that's so great. Yeah, it's, like it's, a, it's a wonderful movie. It, it yeah. is, uh, and it's one of those... Although, have you watched it recently? Yeah. It's very violent. Oh, it's it is very violent. violent. <laughs> I have is. watched it. And Hugh Laurie, isn't it? It's Hugh Laurie, isn't it? No. no. Who's, who's that guy? Who? The guy who's trying to break in. Um, um, there's two. Jo- there's Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci and I've forgotten the other guy's name now. I've forgotten the other guy's name too. What's the It's definitely not Hugh No, it's, it's definitely not Hugh. No, no, no. Uh, what's no. his name is though? Um, Donald Trump. No, no. T- yeah, yeah, Donald Trump. Uh, Tim Curry. Yeah. Tim Curry's in the as the concierge in the, yeah. in the, in the he hotel. Has a, he has a wicked funny scene. Yeah, in that one too. And um, 
Yeah, she's an actor. Uh, Brenda Brenda something has gone. And Catherine O'Hara is the mother. Yes, yeah, and she was wonderful. Yeah. No, I loved it. I thought they're, they're so super violent, though. I remember somebody did yeah. a did a video and put it up on YouTube about like how many times those those um, oh, so burglars would die. Oh, like oh, they yeah. would be like dead within the first no, no, for, like five minutes. For me, the worst scene was when um, he had all those um, stairs lined with tar, and one had a nail sticking up. Oh, and he stepped on the nail, and I I actually <laughs> cringed when I watched that. Yeah, they, so would, going, they would be oh, dead ow, ow. several times oh, over. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of them gets a, a blowtorch to his head. Yeah, and the amount of head trauma that they sustain. Yeah. Would, like they'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah, they would That's be. Fantastic. They would <laughs> fall down the stairs once, and they would be dead. Yeah. In the manner that they fall. Well, there's, there's, yeah, there's all the ice scenes. There's, um, oh, there's that horrible scene where he touches that red hot. Yeah, door, door handle. Yeah, yeah, and it gets burnt into his skin. Although, the, what happens in the two movies blur in my head because I've seen... Well, the first one is, is his home. The second one is, is his set is, at, is at the, New York. The but, set. I mean, I can't remember which bit of violence happens. Most of it actually happens in the first one. The second one is very violent, uh, but not similar type of violence to the first one. Yeah. Uh, and so you don't get that. Maybe that's where the blurring comes in. Yeah. I just, like, I can't remember. Like, I remember the that scene with the with the um, door handle, but I can't remember if that's their door handle or if it's his uncle. You know how he's in his uncle's house for the second one? No, he's in the toy store. No, he's one. not in the toy store. He's in his uncle's house. It's being built. It starts in the toy store and then they move to his uncle's house. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. you remember there's that hole in the floor because the house is still being renovated. Mm, yes, yes. And so he, at, at one point, Marv falls down the hole, which again yes. would be enough to kill you. Yes, but, I mean, how authoritatively am I talking on these? Clearly, I have seen them many times. I know. <laughs> My brother and I used to love watching, and still do, love watching. So that's Hungary. a Christmas tradition for you? I kind of. We don't put it on at any particular point, but I do like watching them on Christmas. Well, it's not quite a movie, but one of uh, my favourite things to watch during Christmas is a particular episode of Vic of Dubly. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, which Christmas TV. Yes. yes, go on. One of my favourite shows, Vic of Dubly, uh, and it's the episode of the Christmas lunch incident. Ooh. Uh, uh, have either of you seen no. the Vicar of Dibley? So she's a female vicar. I have seen some of Yeah, yes, Dawn yes, French yes, uh, as, as a vicar yeah, of Dibley. Yeah, yeah. And the town is described as the uh, inbreeding capital of England because <laughs> uh, they're absolutely insane. All the, all the people there are insane. And Dawn French actually once mentioned that uh, she was a bit hesitant to take on this role because she normally plays an insane character. Mm. And in this uh, show, she's the, mm. she's the straight person in a, a town of insanity. Because they're all absolutely cuckoo, uh, but anyway. So in this particular episode, she uh, somehow manages to get herself invited into three different lunch, like Christmas lunches, uh, and she finds herself unable to reject any of them. Every time she tries, they guilt her into it, unconsciously guilt her. Like that, uh, before she could even say, "Oh no, I can't make it." They say, "Oh, we're so looking forward to this. You know, uh, we haven't had a guest since you know my late wife died in you know nineteen thirty, whatever it was." Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, can, can we push it back by another hour?" So she somehow manages to, to get herself invited to three lunches, one right after the other. So by the time she finishes the last last lunch, she's about to explode because she's had three turkeys, uh, and, and each lunch actually builds on the last one in terms of how much food they can actually cram down her. So in one of the lunches, she somehow found herself in a eating competition, a, a Brussels sprouts eating competition, again, through guilt. <laughs> so it's about what happens when you know, you're trying to be a nice and wonderful person to, to people and not make them feel bad. Uh, and, in, and through that process, you end up pretty much you know, turning yourself into a turkey because she basically gets <laughs> so stuffed by the end of it, um, which I can relate to because whenever this Christmas, I eat myself silly. 
<laughs> but not because I get invited to different lunches, but because I just like food so much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before we move on to television shows, I just remembered that we were mm. going to talk about um, a movie that, that Jimmy and I remember but may not be widely known, A Mum for Christmas. Oh, a yes. A Mum for Christmas. A Mum, yes, A Mum. <laughs> yeah, so there's this terrible, I think it's like late 80s or early 90s movie with Olivia Newton-John. 80s, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the 80s. And she, she's a mannequin. Yes. <laughs> Who comes oh, alive? Goodness, Do you remember I that? Remember yes, that. The, the, yes. The, the kids made a wish. The they kids want, made they a wanted wish, a mom yeah. for Christmas. Yeah, so she's a, like a department store mannequin and she comes alive and she like comes to their house. Oh, I do. I remember there's this scene towards the end when the tension's mounting and there's just a whole stash of mannequins. Yes. Yes, that's it, isn't it? That's and, it. Then, and then she's going to turn back into a mannequin and they have to kind of go and, you know, hmm. say, oh, we love you. Before she, yeah, before it's, she, it's, yeah. It's kind of like Pinocchio. Uh, yeah. Setting Christmas. Uh, and also part of that 80s craze of uh, reanimating things. There, there was actually a film called Mannequin, I think, um, Oh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with, um, oh, God, names completely escaping me now. But, again, very similar premise. A mannequin comes to life and yeah. you know, falls in love. So it's this Pygmalion idea yeah. that's been uh, played around with through this sort of the mannequins looking so beautiful and, you know, and again, it reminds yeah, me of episode Seinfeld. Yeah, it's not problematic at all, is it, really? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, want a, I want a mum for Christmas. Let's a mannequin will do. This seems appropriate. Not just any mannequin. Dimensions are everything when yeah. it comes to mothering. It's, it's especially, yeah, it's really important <laughs> to be blonde and very attractive. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and a waist that you can put one hand around. around. That, yeah. that, is, that, is, that is what every, every child dreams of. When now when I think, think back on it, I'm like, wow, that's super disturbing. <laughs> But at the well, time, even, I thought it was really cute. Well, yeah. even the idea of a mannequin is very problematic, isn't it? It's mm. it's basically a person that you can move around and do whatever you, you want to, you know, position whichever way you want to. It's, it's just there as window dressing. Yeah. Uh, mm. Which, you know, has very, very negative connotation to, you know, how we should be viewing mothers. Yeah, <laughs> but it's creepy, isn't it? This idea that this creepy. mannequin comes to life and moves into your home? That sounds like a setup for a horror story. Well, Stepford Wives, really. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, isn't there a Doctor Who episode that, uh, that does that... Um, that the mannequins are actually aliens or something like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember something, and I thought that was quite creepy. Oh, yeah, Doctor Who that, might yeah. be a nice place to kind of segue into Christmas television because Doctor Who famously has their, their Christmas special every year and, and usually I quite love their Christmas specials. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're super yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. Look, that's right. You know, that's, that's, that. That is a real Christmas good, tra- yeah, tradition. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's more, that's a Christmas treat. Yeah, that is a Christmas tree. The Christmas invasion. And what's the one, you know, the one I really like, I can't remember the name. It's the one with the um, with Matt Smith um, where he, um, there's this real miser and he, he takes him, he invents a kind of backstory for him and it's got that um, singer, what's her name? I can't remember. Um, and he goes back into his past and inserts this this love for this singer into um, into his life, but she's got only so many days on earth and um the, he can only see her once per year, and so she he's only got um you know however many days she's got on her like fr- she's in a fridge for some reason, and she can only be animated for one day per year and he knows that every every Christmas when he sees her that means it'll be closer to her death um it's a really lovely kind of it's a it's a really lovely love story it sounds really weird when I say it like that and but it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful love story I tell it's you it is actually. it is a little bit back in the fridge back in the fridge I can't remember what, oh yes because her family was poor this is like a future world where her family was poor and she I can't remember the mechanisms of it but she was buying them time and money by giving up her life somehow in this future world mm. Mm, that sounds oh, 
Is and Michael Gambon, who plays Dumbledore, was mm-hmm. the cranky man at the centre of it. It's a really clever, actually, really well I done love story. Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas mm. Eve. Yeah, we because we, we actually don't celebrate Christmas. Mm. So, um, but we do, of course, watch television. Yeah, <laughs> so. we celebrate. Yeah, well, that's what most people do when yeah, they celebrate Christmas, to be honest. That's right. So that is, um, oh, yes, that's 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 something to look forward to this year. Mm. Oh, nice. I and there's that, to... there's that Doctor Who one with the um, the creepy snowman. Mm, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. The one with Clara. One. Clara, yeah, Clara's yeah, in that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I've seen that one. Doctor Who Christmas specials are reliably excellent, awesome, I think. Excellent, excellent stuff for, yeah. for, for Christmas Eve. Um, because I am so much older than you, I, I have to tell you that I have um, memories of, and you may not know, you may not even know of them, but one of my first memories of, 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 of Christmas television is actually the Osmond family Christmas oh, special. Oh, yes. Donnie and Marie Osmond. <laughs> yeah, do you know Donnie and Marie Osmond? You're not that much older than me, Michelle. You, you, I think you think you are, but you're actually not that much I, I, I have heard know. of them. I just have never seen you, you know, them. We're both well, look, you, you, a bit older than you, Steph. Well, it was definitely <laughs> worth a Google. Um, I think definitely, definitely worth a Google. Well, Donnie um, Osmond ended up uh, playing Joseph family. in uh, Joseph and the um, Technicolor Dreamcoat. So he, I think he originated that character, um, but yeah, no, it was a it was a very strange, almost very happy family, <laughs> almost overly happy. Yeah, lots of singing, lots of singing. You know, yeah. lots of very camp um, evening dresses and suit. You know, like lots of um, talented members of the family appearing <laughs> random at random moments and breaking into song. As you do. As you do. Um, it certainly was. Uh, it, was it, it was. I can remember being in a motel room for Christmas, and I don't know why I was in a motel. I was very young, but uh, I think we were visiting family. And, um, you know, I think as an adult sitting there in a motel room on, on Christmas Eve watching Austin family may have been one thing, but as a child, I actually had a very happy memory of that, of that Christmas. Um, so, yeah. No, 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 the Osmond family. Um, what others? I can't think of. What are the, there are some musical extravaganzas, I think. Maybe that's why I hate musicals now. <laughs> I don't know, because I just... <laughs> Too many musical episodes. You know what, what Christmas television show that I always seem to end up watching, which is totally random, and I don't know why I end up watching it all the time? Do you remember the, the TV show The Nanny? Oh yes, it did an animated. It did an animated yes, Christmas did. special called "Oi to the World." God, that was awful. I, hated I that know episode. it's so awful, but I end up watching it every year, oh, or not you? not every year, but you know. I mean, I liked the show, but I hated that episode. But it had Chester the dog, and he yes. was cute. Yes, and he talked in that. And he episode. did talk in that episode, and I, <laughs> for some reason, end up watching it. But I mean, Christmas specials of television shows are really mostly hokey. They're mostly really sentimental. Well, except for the Vic of Dibley. Yeah, that's true. Like all all the Vic of Dibley uh, Christmas specials um, actually have quite interesting messages by the end of it. Uh, there's one that uh, they did with um, about the starving kids of uh, Africa during during that particular period. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and they showed a a, a video uh, that I found actually quite surprisingly moving. I mean, it was in a way quite a manipulative little video. Now that I think about it. But uh, when I was watching, I was kind of like, "Oh, geez, I, I actually feel like I need to go and donate now too." Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, enjoy, no, yeah. It, it dealt with some quite interesting issues, and I think one of the things I really liked about the Vicar of Dibley is that um, 
because of uh, the British system, they, they don't ever feel a need to continue a show if they've got no new material to do. Mm. So whenever they do a show, it's always fairly well thought out, fairly well written mm. shows. So, yeah, but, you yeah, know, I, I do agree most Christmas specials are. are They're really sort of very special episodes, although the one that doesn't do that is Futurama. Oh, I loved yeah. Futurama. Um, it's the the um, Santa in Futurama is um, a robot, oh. and he kills people. <laughs> so in this, like, so Futurama for those of you who don't know the show, everyone should know the show. Um, it's set in the year three thousand. Um, so the main character Fry has been cryogenically sealed and woken up in the year three thousand. It's an animated show by the man who wrote. Matt Groening, who created The Simpsons. And so he's in this world of, like, robots and, you know, sci-fi adventures, spaceships and so forth. So Santa is a robot and he kills people every Christmas Eve and so you have to stay home because you might get killed by Santa. And um, he rides in and everyone's like, oh, Santa, and and hides and he's got a gun. And it's just such a deliciously um, irreverent take on Christmas and Santa. And I think they did a few, maybe two or three Christmas specials. Um, in which, you know, Santa is this, like, homicidal maniac. And it's it's amazingly wonderful. Well, that actually, it's for some reason... Just you need to cut through the... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you had enough of sentimentality, robot Santa who wants to kill you. Well, well that reminds me of uh, South Park and um, the introduction oh. of... Uh, uh, Mr. Hanky the, Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh, yes. <laughs> He's a poo. Which is just awful. <laughs> He's a little poo that sings. Yes, oh, and it's just really... Gross. Yeah, so he, so he attacks people, but only uh, one character, Kyle, can see him. Yeah. And so they think Kyle's throwing his poo around at people. Hidey <laughs> <laughs> ho. Yes, it was, just, it was a terrible. T- um, oh, but you need some kind of irreverent takes on Christmas when everything's getting a bit too saccharine, a bit too, you know, family. Actually, you would like it because um, it plays off the uh, the musical as well because uh, Mr. Hanky has a song. Yeah. You know, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. <laughs> There we go. We've got Jimmy singing on the podcast. <laughs> well, you were saying that you don't... You've got a very tuneful voice, Jimmy. <laughs> but you were saying you don't like all these sentimental things, so perhaps so, Robot Santa who wants to kill you or Mr. Or Hanky the Christmas, Christmas Pooh. They might be yeah. more up your alley. Yeah, because he's Jewish. That's right. Kyle's Jewish. So yeah. he, he always bemoans the fact that he doesn't have uh, sort of like a Santa figure. So he, he has something, Mr. Hanky. Yeah, something mm. better. He has Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. <laughs> Cute little poo. Oh, it's gross. I don't think so. It's amazing. You've got to say it. I don't know. I, I promise you, know. you'll enjoy it. I don't know. I don't, think so. I don't know. This is a new low. I know. Well, I was going to say, on that irreverent note, should we now move on to uh, literature? Yes. yes, Christmas books. Any any particular favourites that come to mind? Well, I'm going to cheat. Um, yeah. Because I love cheating, uh, and I'm going to mention a book that doesn't really deal with Christmas, uh, but I think mm-hmm. is actually set during Christmas, uh, and it's um, it's the first short story to introduce Miss Marple. Mm. Uh, it's the uh, the Tuesday Night um, Club. Yeah, uh, and this was published in December uh, of that year, 1927, I think it was, uh, and all the subsequent short stories about that particular group happen during this time as well. So I think if you trace the time period, you probably end up with Christmas being right about that period. Mm. Uh, and there's something about a family, uh, not a family, uh, um, a dinner party and a group of people sitting around solving crime. That to me is just what Christmas is all about, really. Uh, <laughs> because that's, <laughs> that's what it what, should be. That's what the Van family does. Exactly, on exactly. Yeah. You know, we, we sit around and we try <laughs> to figure out crimes. Uh, but... This one is particularly important because it does introduce uh, Miss Marple way before the first novel 
introduce her. And I think I think it was about three or four years before she makes a, a second appearance. Uh, and it's just absolutely wonderful. Have, have either of you read? No, but I have read Murder for Christmas, which is a yes. Christie, but that's got Perot. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no. I think no. it's got Perot. Which was, yeah. No, no, yeah, the other one I'm thinking about is um, A Christmas Tragedy. Right. That's also Marvel, and that's also part of, part of the Tuesday Night Club um, uh, section as well. So, I reckon Cozy Crime is perfect for Christmas. Well, this one's absolutely wonderful because uh, it basically starts off on seemingly a very cliché premise, although back then it may not have been cliché. It's a group of people. They sit around. Uh, they just have a big dinner, and they decide, well, what should we do for entertainment? Uh, and one of them... Sherry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of them says, I know, why don't we try to solve some unsolved crime? We've got a retired police officer amongst us. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of unsolved crime that you could tell us about and um, and we'll try to work it out. And he said, well, funny enough, um, I actually do have one uh, and it's one that we can all work on because uh, only recently have have the police solved it. Um, and so I, but it hasn't been reported yet. So nobody knows. So this is the setup. So nobody knows about this particular, uh, nobody knows who actually committed the crime for this. So I'll, I'll give you all the facts that the police have and see whether people can, can solve it. Uh and so in this group, we've got Miss um, Marvel, obviously, who's just a retired spinster aunt. Uh, her nephew, who's a writer. Mm. Uh, there's an artist. There's a clergyman. Uh, there's a... Uh, is it a doctor? There's, there's some other professional. I can't mm. remember. But anyway, there's six of them. And so they all each come with their own particular solution. And, of course, they overlook Miss Marvel. They're like, oh, okay, well, tell us which one is correct. And Miss Marvel's like, you know, hang on. Mm. I haven't had my turn yet. You know, what, what about me? Uh, and then, of course, she solves it. Uh, and she solves it very simply by saying, oh, dear, you know, uh, I suppose she died and that's, uh, and she made a, uh, um, a confession before her death. That's how you, you knew about it, wasn't it? And he says, yeah, you know, how, how did you know that? Uh, and then it, it starts the whole Miss Marvel um convention which is she related back to some story that happened in the quiet town of Mead <laughs> that somehow has some sort of significance to the story even though you don't see mm. that significance but she can uh, and what I found interesting about that particular story is that uh, of all those different professions you've got a writer, you've got an artist you've got a clergyman um, I think you've got a, a scientist or a doctor and, mm. and you've got a police, none of them could really solve it the one who can solve it is, in a way, an anthropologist. She's mm. a she's a you know, someone who studies human behavior or the patterns of human behavior, and then she sits there and she's like, "Oh, Miss Marvel." Yeah, this is the one. So, I love that story. That sounds yeah. like perfect Christmas reading to me. I reckon, like, I love reading a crime novel mm. over like a really cozy kind of English country manner. Well, you know, I always imagine Christmas around a fireplace. Yeah, what's a better thing to do around a fireplace than, than read? Then talk about horrendous, hideous crimes. Exactly. <laughs> I've I've ordered up um, Gladys Mitchell's Murder in the Snow, oh. which is a Christmas mystery to mm. read over this Christmas. Well, so I'd that's say, my Christmas Day reading. I'm a big fan of Gladys Mitchell after uh, yeah. Speedy Death now because yeah. I really really enjoyed that. I thought I thought that was a, a really surprising book. And surprisingly, I've never encountered her before, so yeah, it's a so, wonderful discovery. Yeah, so Gladys Mitchell, Murder in the Snow. Okay, I'll look that up. Yeah. I, don't, I can't vouch for it, but I'm pretty sure it'll be good. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to add Gladys Mitchell to my to my reading list, because mm. I do love a, a, a good detective story. And uh, don't you think a cri- like a cosy one is really what oh, you want at Christmas? Yeah. I'm interested <laughs> yeah. I, I know, no hard times for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not, like people in a house, trapped in a house, or, you know... Getting together for Christmas. 
solving some crimes. That's exactly what you want over like a delicious turkey dinner and some brandy in the evening. Look, yes, definitely. That's... Mm. I have to say we, we've been really warped by the Northern uh, Hemisphere's depiction of Christmas. Because last year was the first year I actually tried to do a turkey for Christmas. Yeah. And I don't know whether you remember what happened last year, but it's one of the hottest <laughs> summer we've ever had. Yeah. And you can imagine putting a, a turkey in the oven for five hours in the middle of a yeah. you know, 40 degrees summer. I thought I went, dear God, this is why they do it in... We, this is why we have seafood for Christmas. Although, yes. having said that, we do have turkey quite a lot for Christmas. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, we don't have air conditioning, luckily, because I live in the mountains, so there's no yeah. need for it. So the house turned into a sauna. Huh. We usually go to the beach. I mean, you know, like... That's, way, we need way. more Australian Christmas stories, um, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we Are there any Australian Christmas stories? Probably. I can't, I can't think of any. Bush Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously is a... I think it's it's a take on the night before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I think we need, like, more full-length kind of Christmas, mm. Christmassy stories. I mean... Isn't it a possum magic one? Yeah, possibly. Mm. Or, or uh, oh, what's that? Uh, the the, the gumnut characters. What, what oh, they yeah, they look... Uh, cuddle pot and snuggle pot. Yeah. yeah. Snuggle pot and cuddle pot. yeah, that's one. Yeah, did they have a Christmas story? Possibly. I don't no, no, that doesn't no. ring a bell, but... Oh, no, no, the one I'm thinking of is um, uh, the muddle-headed wombat. Oh, yes, there yes, was a Christmas yes. There was a Christmas the story, yeah. yes, that is true. I used to love that, actually, now that I remember it. Oh, wow. I'm reading at the moment a in preparation for this podcast to get me in the mood and to get me in the mood for Christmas. I'm reading a book, a short collection of short stories by Connie Willis, who is a um, sci-fi writer, sci-fi fantasy writer, um, called A Lot Like Christmas. It's just been published as A Lot Like Christmas, but it used to be called, and they've added some stories, but it used to be called Miracle and other Christmas stories, and then it came out, I don't know, 10 years ago. So they've just done an updated version and added some new stories. And she writes, like, really lovely they're sci-fi stories, they're fantasy stories, but they're not kind of hard sci-fi. They're really kind of sweet, nice, interesting stories. And so these are like Christmas short stories, which sounds really sentimental and kind of lame, but they're really quite funny and lovely. And there's this one about aliens who they're trying to, aliens have come to Earth and they won't talk to anyone and do anything. They'll just glare at people. And then the, the, the main character discovers that when she plays Christmas carols, they start doing the things in Christmas carols. But what she also realises, the Christmas carols are, like, really violent. <laughs> and, like, if you if they're going to do the things that happen in Christmas carols, that means they're going to be, like, murdering people. So she has to only let them hear certain Christmas carols. It sounds weird, but it's really lovely. Um, the main, the, the first story, Miracle, is about, um, it hinges, the story's not about this, but it hinges on the debate between whether Miracle on 34th Street or It's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas movie. And so the story plays out as a kind of version of um, both of those stories in certain ways. There's another story about um, there's stories involving accidental time travel. Um, there's a story about um, a, a divorced father who's hoping to see his daughter for Christmas um, that plays out amongst, like, with the background of A Christmas Carol going on. So he, he meets the ghost of Christmas yet to come and he meets the ghost of Christmas present, etc. And these all sound really lame when you say them out loud, but they're actually lovely and not at all silly, super, uh, silly, sentimental. They're just well done. I love Connie Willis. She wrote these wonderful, this is non-related to Christmas, but um, she's written this lovely time travel series, which, again, sounds lame, time travel, but they're really lovely. No, 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 time travel is... <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Marvellous. 
Her best time travel novel is called The Doomsday Book, and it's about a it's about a world in which like people do time historians time travel for research, and this historian goes back to the medieval period, but she gets the date slightly wrong or the machine or whatever it is spits her out at the wrong time, and she wanders into a plague village, oh. which is unfortunate for many reasons. Um, but it's it's just a wonderful time travel story and she writes wonderful christmas stories so read connie willis and christmas is my recommendation and we have to talk about charles dickens the christmas carol Mm. i know we're going to talk about him in a separate episode jimmy is reminding me but that doesn't matter we can still talk about how much we love a christmas carol can't we yes 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 um look that that of course is is i remember my mother giving me the Christmas, you know, bought, she must have borrowed it for me from uh, from the local library around Christmas time, um, and oh, I think I would have been, I think I would have been about, I was very young when I read it, mm. uh, and I, 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 I haven't, I haven't read it since, mm. but I, I did, I did, and 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 I think the thing is that the the the, the message. Um, you know, it, it 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 lives with you. The younger, oh, yeah. the younger you read it, <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 stronger the moral message. And I have a living fear of being miserly. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm sure stems from. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the perennial Christmas story, isn't it? You know, like it's almost the archetypal Christmas story. I was frustrated with it as a child because the main character was an elderly man, and I I can remember not because I, I was very specific in my reading tastes, and they the main characters had to be girls mm. um oh i was girls. like that too well yeah, yeah. and and so i it, it took uh, it was mostly devotion to my mother that told me <laughs> you know sort of read on once i discovered that no this story was actually only about um this elderly uh sort of well, did, did you ever read or, or see the canterbury ghost for some reason i associate that with christmas too what's a canterbury ghost why, it's, why, it's, why is that why is that why i is think that it's oh, who wrote that one it, I don't think it was Oscar. It might have been, might have been Oscar Wilde. Uh, it's about a ghost that I haunts this, this mansion, um, and he's trying to be scary. He's trying to scare this family out. I think it's a, uh, the, the girl's the main protagonist. Anyway, so the, there's this famous blood spot, which is meant to be his. That's where he died. Uh, but this family weren't phased by it, so they keep cleaning up the blood, and so every night he keeps having to put blood on until he ran out of blood, so he started putting ink wow. and things like that. It's, it's a really strange, funny yeah. story, but it's actually about a rather lonely ghost um whose only joy is to scare other people and he encounters a family that just doesn't get scared by him oh uh, and, and a girl who actually wants to befriend him uh, and then he like loves... yeah in, in a way um and that's all i remember from that particular story but i remember watching this movie version of it um and thinking it was just hysterical that blood stain that turned into like a, a blue ink um, because he just couldn't find any other blood-like yeah. substance. It's Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde it is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's, I do remember reading this. Well, actually, I was going to say with The Christmas Carol, I think that I saw the Disney film. Yes, the Scrooge McDuck uh, one. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that it was literally about Mickey Mouse, <laughs> like that Mickey was um Well, there's, there's been so many different incarnations. Of the Muppets. It. The, the Muppets. Uh, there was the... the um, Bill Murray one, Scrooged, I think it's mm, called. Yeah. Uh, that had a scary past ghost um, image. Um, mm. And I think almost um, every major cartoon has done some sort of version yeah. of a Christmas carol. carol. So I think it's one of those stories that's been heavily embedded into yeah. each successive generation. So I think for me it was the, um, yeah, it was the, it was the, uh, 
the Mickey Mouse. Yeah, mine was the Mickey Mouse one too. Yeah, that was probably my first. And it's an interesting story because I remember as a child hating the story because I was so, I was terrified of the ghosts. Um, but as an adult, I've grown to like it more and more mm. and really enjoy the message that it's actually conveying. Yeah, it's lovely. Conveying. And we will revisit it in a future podcast episode, mm. as Jimmy warned me. Um, but actually, I was Stern reading. Warning, yeah, I was, I was actually reading in the back of the Connie Willis book that I'm reading at the moment. Um, she points out that the Dickens didn't just write a Christmas Carol, he obviously wrote a lot of Christmas stories. And he wrote mm. one called The Chimes, which. Sounds to me from her little description, and she mentions this as well, like it might have fed into It's a Wonderful Life. Because oh, it's about okay. a man who wishes that he'd never been born. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that was the kind of the, the source text for It's a Wonderful well, Life. Even It's a Wonderful Life has very um, similar elements to uh, A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because you have, a, a, well, in this case, an angel, an angel showing yeah. you what life would have been like without you. Yeah. Except in one case you're a good person, and the other case you're a bad person. But I suppose <laughs> they're, they're both about like accepting and, and taking um, pleasure in your life and mm. not taking your life for granted, but instead kind of um, enjoying what you have around you and yeah. seeing value in the people around you and, and the kind of um, almost mundane circumstances, I suppose, of life. So they have a kind of similar moral yeah. to them. Yeah. Now, um, I remember all the uh, the Oscar Wilde stories because I used to read all those ones. Um, and I think they all relate to Christmas now that I come to think of it. The Canterbury Ghost was in a collection of short stories that also had The Happy Prince. Oh, The Happy Prince, of Which course. is one of my favourite stories. Oh, my goodness, uh, that story. story just... I read it again recently with, with my youngest. It's and heartbreaking. I can't read it without crying, really. <laughs> just, um, I don't think she... And the thing that was just... was uh, I think that I was far more affected by it than, than she was for, for whatever reason. Um, but I, yeah, that that image of the flakes of gold mm. being oh, peeled off, and I think it's set during Christmas because um, doesn't the, um, the the swallow doesn't is it the swallow? Away. Yeah, mm. um, the swallow dies during Christmas, I think. Yeah, because uh, it's winter. During winter. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a beautiful story, but and I bought a beautiful edition of it. But it is a very sad story, yeah. uh, and that's the interesting thing I find about Christmas. There's this wonderful mixture of comedy and tragedy that often occurs mm. in the kind of stories that we tell during this particular period but I think ultimately the, the message is what you just mentioned there with uh, mm. A Christmas Carol um, that it is about appreciating the things that we do have and, and mm. our own life experiences or the sadness that we can't sustain yeah. you know that that sort of giving and you know sort of commitment to, to, mm. to, to joy for any longer than a day yeah, <laughs> yeah, or you know that kind of um, coming together with a family, with your family, which is lovely, but maybe you shouldn't go on for longer than a day. <laughs> well, well, speaking of which, we saw um, a play that I think Michelle wants to to talk about. Well, I think just because at, at at that point, which was not that long ago, I was racking my brain for, <laughs> for Christmassy things. For, for Christmassy things, because it's not it's we don't we don't have a very well we don't have a Christmas tradition, um, and uh, so when Jimmy and I were at that play and um, I saw the Christmas tree and the three sisters, I did and I may have um, elbowed Jimmy and said, there's the Christmas <laughs> So this was when you went to see Three Sisters, which is a Chekhov play. Yeah. So you were in a Chekhov play and you thought, I should talk about this on the Christmas podcast. Well, I, I would. That I is a choice. Back, look, the, yeah. the, <laughs> the back of my mind was um, she's throwing tinsel around the place and is... Uh, 
actually straddling the Christmas tree at one point. Um, So this depressing play about, like, the erosion of all hope uh, (laughs) made you think of Christmas. Well, no, it was the Christmas tree. tree. Well, that is true. There is a Christmas tree. It was the the set. It was the set that did it. And um, you could hear my silence in terms of Christmas books that I could think of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Christmas just doesn't do it for you? Well, no, no. But it's it's just as I said, we don't yeah um, mm. celebrate it. So it's well, I was thinking of Christmas books, and one just came into my head, and I remember reading it, but I can't remember all what it's about. It's actually an Australian book. Um, there's Paul Jennings, the Santa Claus, the oh, claws yeah. spelt uh, like claw, a cat's claw. Yeah, that's yeah. It was like a cat Santa. Yeah, it was a cat Santa. I just remember the cover. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember reading about. that uh, a long time ago. Um, yeah, but I can't. I cannot remember it. We really I think should be... that floats around our house. <laughs> I, I do think that that floats around our house because it rings a bell and Paul Jennings. I loved Paul Jennings. Like, he was yeah, one of my favourite authors. Yeah. You know, I think that um, a, a Christmas thing that we've overlooked is the Nutcracker. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Believe it or not. Oh, oh, I love the ballet. It's so wonderful. <laughs> now we've got Michelle humming. Now we've got oh, oh, we I'm not singing. Oh, I'm on. not singing. Got to take one for the team. <laughs> no, I'm not singing. But the Nutcracker is a wonderful Christmas story, and and I it went to see it. Yeah, Christmas. and I went to see it at the Australian Ballet a few years ago, and the most of the set was this amazingly huge Christmas tree. You know, the the biggest Christmas tree that you've ever seen, and I love that. Um, I love that story, and I remember I had a book the version of it. And it's, it's, it's once again that theme of you know sort of the inanimate becoming animate. And it, yeah, that's true. Another doll comes to life. <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe so in maybe some we're going strange back to way that Christmas. mannequin movie with Olivia Newton-John yeah, was actually about an intertext. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe there was something more profound going on. What's going movie? on with Christmas <laughs> and all these and, creepy um, dolls coming to life? Hmm. I can't imagine. Well, well, maybe it's a time to bring life into. The world, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe Christmas, the like this, they're animated by the spirit of Christmas. There you go. Is, oh, I don't remember. Is Pinocchio? No, no, I don't think Pinocchio is no. Christmassy. But another film that sort of is because Santa stars as a action hero in it uh, is um, oh, what was it? The Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, God, I've completely forgotten now. It's a, it's an animated film. With um, Santa as an action hero. Yeah, and it's actually really good. It's got uh, Santa, it's got um, the Easter Bunny, uh, the Tooth Fairy, Jack Frost. Um, Amazing. Yeah. It's I want to see good. the Easter Bunny, like, just murder, straight up murder people. Oh, he did. Oh, well, that's not, great. not murder, but, uh, he, he, well, he's voiced by Hugh Jackman, for one. Oh. Uh, and he's, uh, he's an action Easter awesome. Bunny. Like, he's muscular, and he uses his uh, boomerang to... That's amazing. <laughs> and he's got uh, these giant eggs that uh, are his army. <laughs> it's just really, really, really odd, but wonderful, uh, wonderfully imaginative film. And I cannot remember the life. It's got it's got the word guardians in it, and, and I cannot mm, remember. I don't know. Mm. There's so much Christmas stuff out there. There is. Well, I thought we'd finish off today's um, podcast as a, with a little um, reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. So that we are all in the mood for um, for Christmas. There's an animated version of this from like the 30s that I, I used to. I think I've seen it. Yeah, it's available on YouTube. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes. Mm. I watch it every single <laughs> Christmas Eve because I am, you know. Well, maybe I saw the Warner Brothers one. Deep in my 30s, and this seems an appropriate thing to do. Mm. <laughs> and it's just so delightful. And it's just what I associate with Christmas is watching this. I mean, it's like old school animation, mm. and it's really. I don't know, delightful, and it's not Christmas for me unless I watch it. 
I love so, the night before Christmas. Yeah. So I thought I'd read Clement Clark Moore's Twas the Night Before Christmas so that we all get in a Christmassy mood. So, Twas the Night Before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw off the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St Nick. More rapid than eagles his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the house top the courses they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pouring of each little hoof. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney St Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk. And laying his fingers aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim and he, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, Michelle. Merry Christmas, Stephanie. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Merry Christmas, Steph. Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Um, we'll see you next week. Hope you have a great one. Bye.